FMC Fast Chat takes you inside the news so you can be in the know in 30 minutes. Hosted by Fair Media Council CEO and Executive Director Jackie Clement, Fast Chat features notables in news, media, and business. We're very fortunate to have with us today Richard Tornzano, the Chief Executive of the Tornzano Group, which helps organizations take control of how they are perceived. Rich is a sought-after expert and leading commentator on crisis, brands, reputation, and financial markets. He also co-authored the award-winning best-selling book on reputation management called Digital Assassination, Protecting Your Reputation, Brand, or Business Online Against Online Attacks. And now we're going to spend the next 30 minutes discussing how you can protect yourself and your organization. Good afternoon, Jackie. How are you? Good to see you. I'm, I'm great. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate your time. You're very welcome. And there's a lot to discuss. So let's just get right into it because I'm sure a lot of organizations out there think that, you know, digital assassination sounds like something that should only or could only happen to large organizations or whatever they would think would be an important organization. So let's talk about who's at risk and how risky is it out there today? Well, it's very risky out there today. And I think any any size organization or any individual is at risk today, whether you're a a CEO or a board member, a celebrity, a, a teacher, a journalist, a lawyer, a doctor, any everybody is at risk today, including many corporations of digital assassination. Um, digital assassination comes in, in, in two flavors. There's cyber attacks, uh, and then there's just purely digital attacks. But let me, let me take you through the three types of, of attacks they generally are. Um, there are cyber attacks from the outside to companies. Um, these are usually... Uh, by state actors, uh, by crime syndicates, uh, by other trolls who want to either destroy or steal data, um, money, or intellectual property from from a company. Uh, okay. we, we have seen this happen uh, all, all through the uh, all through the, uh, uh, the last couple of years. Uh, you look at companies like Boeing, Facebook, Equifax, United Airlines, British Petroleum, Toyota. Sony Pictures, uh, uh, Target, Domino's Pizza, and many others all have been ha- have had to deal with significant digital attacks. The, the streets on Wall Street are lined with the debris of companies who were ill-prepared for this. Uh, the second type of attack uh, is really uh, a reputation attack. Uh, and this comes from um, companies, uh, company operations or managements that... Um, uh, that do something wrong, or there's a product liability, or harm somebody, whatever, uh, uh, or shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, uh, the poster child for that is United Airlines. Uh, when uh, they they dragged that Sunday, they dragged the the person off the airplane a few years back, and compounded that by just uh, terrible communications. And, and the third type of attack is a is is, is kind of the sneak attack. Uh, those are not the attacks that we generally see a lot of, but we're seeing more of. And these are the attacks from within. These are current or former disgruntled employees that have an ax to grind uh, uh, about the workplace or about their job promotion or their salary, or even worse, uh, commit uh, commercial espionage. So on the corporate side, uh, what what we've seen is that early on, three, four years ago, (coughs) excuse me, uh, you saw giant corporations being attacked, and uh, and we still see some of that. 
but it, it's, it's getting harder to do that because corporations have spent billions of dollars over the last few years to protect themselves from, from attacks. Now, in saying that, let me also say that a, 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 any corporation with a brand name today is attacked hundreds of times a day. I'll say that again, is attacked hundreds of times a day. In some cases, maybe hundreds of times an hour, but they have the defenses up today to protect themselves from those random attacks. Uh, individuals are the same way. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about more about individuals a bit later. Yeah. But basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, anybody with an online presence today is at risk? Any, anybody with an online presence at risk. Um, you know, and I think corporations spend a great deal of money and resources to protect themselves. Some some are are, are helpful, some are not. But uh, but if you look at our, our, our personal uh, digital house, uh, if you would, when when you have a home or you have a um, uh, you have an apartment, uh, you may have an alarm system. You have maybe one or two locks on your doors. You have you have your windows closed and locked. You have you may have a dog. You may have an, a digital dog that when the postman comes to the door, the digital dog barks. Uh, you may have you may have a system that turns lights and on and off in your house when you're away. If you're in a small community, you may stop your mail or you may even alert the local police department that you're going to be gone for a couple of weeks uh, to watch your home. So we do all those things necessary that we can do to protect our physical home, but we don't do the same things to protect our digital home. Your computer or computers or your handheld devices uh, are your digital home, and uh, they can be attacked in many, many different ways today. Uh, from sending uh, uh, emails to get you to, to open them up in, in, in a phishing expedition or, uh, or just other ways to, to attack you and infiltrate you uh, for ransom, for, uh, uh, to steal your data, to steal your, your money, all sorts of things. So um, I think we've seen so much of this in the press and the headlines the last five years. Everyone really needs to be on their guard, whether it's for their business or their personal environment. Okay. Let's... Um Let's kind of dissect this a little bit. Give, give an example of an organization that has handled one of these situations well. And then talk a little bit about the opposite end of the spectrum, which is an organization that just totally blew it from start to finish. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of organizations. The, the, the streets are aligned with organizations that have not handled it well. And we will talk about those who have handled it well and have not. Uh, and, and the key difference, I think, in handling something well and not handling it well or managing it is, is really preparation, having a response plan and rehearsing that plan. Um, I, can, I can count on multiple hands how many CEOs I've heard say, well, that will never happen here. And, and yeah. weeks or months or years later, sure enough, it's, it's happened there. Um, uh, Pepsi as a company has done very, very well with attacks on several occasions. Uh, the poster child for not doing it well, as I mentioned before, is United Airlines. Not only did they have an operational issue that they not did not handle well, but they they put out statements which were uh, which were not correct, which were not true. Uh, they they tried to they did not understand the digital world and the instantaneous nature of it today. Um, when we have a, an attack or when we have a crisis in a company, we're on an accelerated clock. And, and, and in my book, Digital Assassination, I coined a phrase, the eight-hour digital day. An eight-hour digital day means that you have somewhere between two to four to eight hours to respond to a crisis that's happening, that's attacking you. Now, 
all, all attacks should, should not have a response. But if you had to, could you respond in a thoughtful, analytical way in that period of time? Most companies, most boards, most managements, most advisors have not been trained or able to, to, to handle that in an accelerated time frame. So I think we have to rethink. We have to have a rethinking about time and not so much about uh, media cycles as we used to think three or four or five years ago, but digital cycles. Um, and I think we have to look at that and understand that if we are attacked, we have to be able to respond uh, very, very quickly. Uh, and it, United uh, and, and Boeing are two good examples of how not to do it. Um, United uh, not only put had to put out several uh, announcements over a three a day four three or four day period because their announcements were not correct. They did not jive, if you would, with what the video of, of passengers on the plane were actually showing and and, and saying. Uh, so that, so they, 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 they were saying there was no problem, and indeed there was a huge problem. Uh, and in, more importantly, they let the lawyers take charge. Now, lawyers are a very important dynamic in any process like this. They, they are part of the process. They're not the sum of the process. And when you have lawyers speaking to the public, particularly uh, the general public, that does not work well, especially when they use words and, 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 uh, and information that no one understands what they're saying. There were words in those three United Airlines state statements that I had to look up. So, so, so you had, you had, you had, you had saying there was not a problem. There were false issues by the airline. You had, you had to put multiple statements out because you weren't speaking in plain English. Uh, and you, you lost enormous credibility with your audience, with your passengers, with, with your sales. You had, uh, you had class action lawsuits. You had loss of equity value. You have people who no wanted to work for the airline anymore. They're going to have difficulty not only retaining, but attracting new people and so forth. Boeing is another good example of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, in the last year, they had huge problems with their MAX uh, airplane. They, as you know, had to be taken offline. Uh, there again, they said there were no safety problems when indeed there were safety problems. Uh, you can't be putting out statements when you don't have the facts available just for the sake of putting them out. Uh, they too uh, had uh, emails uh, that were released uh, that basically had their executives saying that there, there were no safety problems. They were making fun that there were safety problems and they were mocking some of the regulators. Not a very smart thing to do. Um, so as you, as you look at a, at a crisis, you have to look at all the constituencies that participate in that crisis with you. Uh, if you're a public company, you have shareholders and lenders or a private company, you have lenders uh, and investors. You have, uh, you have customers and employees, all levels of employees from the board to the management to, the, to all employees throughout the company. They may be in different geographic locations and have different needs and, inf and need different information. Um, you have um, all sorts of other people, which are, which are very, very important to the organization. So you have to think about all these things. And most importantly, which very few people think about, you also want to think about your competitors, because your competitors are going to comment. They're going to be part of the mix of constituents that, that comment on you in a good time. They're surely going to be part of the mix of constituents that, that comment about you in a bad time. Yeah. Okay. Well, give us some insight on what should be happening internally in an organization when something bad happens online to an organization. Well, because well, it, it sounds like some some of these examples are 
you know, statements coming directly out of the upper tier of management who didn't have any idea what was actually happening on the ground. Well, let's take a step back. And and again, before something happens, before you have, whether it's a digital attack or crises or anything happening going on, you need to have Uh a response plan in place and you need to have a team, a crisis team in place, which which needs to be led by a C-suite executive. Uh, Not necessarily the CEO. The CEO will have a role to play, uh, but he or she should probably not lead the crisis team. He he or she should be part of the crisis team. Uh, And that crisis team should involve marketing and operations and communications and HR and all the different people involved in uh, in a crisis team internally, as well as outside advisors. If it's a digital attack, you're going to need operational forensic people in the digital space. You're going to need lawyers with expertise in that space, you're gonna you're gonna want to look at your insurance to see what is covered, what what your costs are covered in that space, and you're gonna need outside people uh, like our firm to deal help you deal with reputation. Uh, most internal organizations, not all, but the vast majority of internal organizations do not have the experience or the expertise in place to to deal with a crisis. They they just haven't been through it. Uh, so so. They, and and these and these other organizations that I've mentioned all have multiple experience with multiple crises. All crises are different. All attacks are different. They're different because of geography. They're different because of industries. They're different because of personalities. They're different because of how the how the attack happens. Um, attacks generally don't happen uh, during nine to five business hours. They tend to happen okay. on 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 in the evenings, on weekends, and and now I've seen lately on holiday weekends when they're least expected, and when corporations have the least amount of resources to throw at the problem, and and that's very very important to think about. Most corporations are not thinking about it that way. They think everyone's going to be around. So so the first step is to get is to have, have a plan in place and to really develop what are the what ifs that are apt to happen to your organization. Larger organizations are going to have more what ifs. Smaller organizations are going to have less what ifs. But you need to. What are the what ifs, and how do you plan scenarios against those? And then you got to rehearse the plan. You have to rehearse uh, scenarios. You have to have tabletop exercises and other situations. And we always find that in these exercises, when when you know that eleven o'clock next Tuesday we're going to have a drill, uh, and whether that be a, 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 a a gun on campus or a, a, a cyber attack or whatever the drill you want to be, um, yeah. uh, an active shooter or, or a cyber attack, you're going You're going to be there at 11 o'clock. You're going to be smiling. You're going to be engaged. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's going to be present. It's going to work very well. Everyone's going to be very proud of the work they did. And then three mm-hmm. or four or five months later, you're going to do an unscheduled uh, uh, okay. attack. Uh, it's not going to be real, of course, but it's going to be unscheduled. Uh, who's on vacation? Who's not around? Whose phone number changed? Uh, who can't be reached? Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because it's on a holiday or a weekend. And really, the only one knows about that unscheduled uh, exercise is probably the CEO. So so it's not just a matter of having a plan. It's not just a matter of understanding what the what-ifs are in your organization or your industry, your geography. It's not only a matter of rehearsing the plan, but it's being on guard that when these attacks can happen, which is usually, not always, but usually at night or on holidays or on weekends, um, you have to be prepared and ready to throw resources at them 
to uh, to uh, deal with it. United, for example, the poster child in this area, the attack happened on a Sunday. Uh, the, the situation happened on a Sunday. Uh, other situations happen over a period of time. But all of these situations either begin or end up online. They either begin or end up on social media. None of this today is just done is done without what's happening in social media. And that's whether it's consumer companies, small companies, large companies, or companies that do business to business. It all gets back to digital today, just like all of our lives get back to digital, whether it's in business or personal or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So if, if we talk about a plan, though, I know a lot of organizations, they'll create a plan, they put it in the drawer for safekeeping, and it kind of stays there. Now, how how long can a plan be considered good before well, it needs to be gone over again? <laughs> I, I spoke in London uh, last year to, to a couple of dozen CEOs just about this subject. And uh, I basically said to them, if, if you had a plan that was uh, was hatched in the last 12 months, you should throw it into your uh, your trash icon. And, and I use the word trash icon, not book or your waste paper basket, because plans today that are on a shelf in a, in a loose leaf binder have no value. Because if you need that plan uh, on, on, at nine o'clock in the evening or on a Saturday morning or on a Monday of a holiday, you have no access to it. So plans today, like, like what's being Attacked by attacked to you have to be digital. They have to be in a cloud. They have to be on a, on a website. They have to be somewhere that through your your name and a code and your email you have access to that plan. Uh, so if if you if you're putting it on a shelf and I, I can't tell you today how many how many people are still planning for crisis or digital attacks as they did uh, in the 1980s. Um, yeah. This this is this is 2021, and uh, nothing should be on a shelf today collecting dust. It should it should be it should be digital, and everyone should have access to it, whether they're in their office, uh, their home office today, where many of us are, or uh, or on vacation or on a business trip. If you don't have access to that plan instantly, the plan is of no value. Okay. And should every employee have access? No. Uh, the crisis team needs access to it, of course, and those who need access should have access. The, the plan should be there. Uh, phone numbers should be there. A process of who's doing what should, should be there. This is a, a, big, uh, a, a big undertaking to develop that, that technical plan, that digital plan. Uh, you'll, need, you'll need approval levels of statements. Uh, different people, of course, in any company have to approve a statement, and you want to see what that process is. Uh, who approves it first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and last? Um, you want to have a process to who's going to dr be drafting what, who's going to be doing what, who's going to be finding out what. One of the most important things in normal times for a company is to have uh, relationships, a two-way conversation or two-way communications, rather, with your various constituents. Um, that's just not the obvious ones of investors and maybe customers. There are vendors and suppliers. There are lenders. Uh, there are all. There are regulators. There. There are local, regional, and community leaders, depending on the crisis, that that need communication. It, there's a great story about Rudy Giuliani, and you may recall when Rudy was mayor, um, there was a, a terrible uh, plane crash in Queens. I believe the plane was was going down somewhere in the Caribbean, and um, and and Rudy had it was American Airlines, and, and Rudy tried. 
uh, all day, uh, several times, because I, I even got a call from one of his staff at the time saying, how do we reach these people? They kept calling American Airlines and no one in American responded to them. Well, at four o'clock and at six o'clock and at nine o'clock, Rudy was on the air talking about the crisis, what, what the city had done, no lives had been saved, but how they were going to manage the cleanup, how they were handling the grief of people. And oh, by the way, he just kicked American Airlines down the road repeatedly on every press conference. Why? Because the mayor of the city of New York, where the plane crashed, could not get a return call back from American Airlines. So constituents in normal times or in a crisis can be very helpful to you in getting your messages out there about what the good things you're doing in a terrible situation. In this case, he had no, he could not get communications from the company. So all of your constituents uh, have to be prioritized and, and, and show the importance of it. If you're a manufacturing company and you're going through a, a financial situation, uh, you could you could have vendors and suppliers not supply you with with uh, in, with um, uh, goods and services, so you can't manufacture things. Every constituent you look at is important to a company's makeup, and all these people need time and care and and to have a good good relationship with. Those who have good relationships in normal times will do very well in a crisis. Those that do not have this kind of honesty and two-way communication in normal times will not fare well in a crisis. Okay. It, it sounds like you also need quite a bit of redundancies built into your plan. And by that, I mean, okay, I have a designated spokesperson, but if you're doing something unscheduled, spokesperson could be drunk, on vacation, whatever. You still need someone who's the face. So what do you do when the main person well, the, is out? The spokesperson is, is, is just one person of a much larger plan because a company is going to have many spokespeople. One spokesperson to the media may be public, but you're also going to have a spokesperson to investors. You're going to have someone in the in, in, uh, in, in the legal department talking to your insurance companies. You're going to have uh, someone uh, talking to uh, your lenders. You're going to have someone talking to employees from HR. Uh, you're going to have uh, someone talking to all sorts of constituencies. So while we may only see a spokesperson that faces media, there, mm -hmm. are, are, there are many faces that reach out to constituencies from a corporation or from an organization, uh, whether it be public or private, that have to address multiple constituencies. Okay. How often do you recommend that it's actually the CEO that is the public face when there's a crisis going on. You know, there's no there's no one size fits all. all. Um, and I think there are times when the CEO's visibility is helpful, and there are times when the CEO's visibility is not helpful. Um, let's go back in time a little bit, um, and let's look at the Exxon Valdez, which is probably now more than 25 or 30 years ago. Um, you will remember that Rawls, who was the CEO chose on lawyer's advice not to go to uh, to uh, to Alaska uh, when that happened. Now, he could have gone uh, and he could have said, gee, I don't know what happened here, uh, you know, but we're going to look into this. We're going to cooperate with all local, regional and, and federal authorities. Uh, we're we're going to do everything we can to make this better. Now, let me tell you the action items that we have going on right now, okay, to, to try to solve this problem of what, what's been taking place and to tr try to help the, the community that's being affected by this problem. He did not do that. 
He did not have to go and accept blame or responsibility, but he needed to go up and show a presence. In that case, the CEO was necessary. Okay. In another case, the CEO may not be necessary. So you don't immediately drag out the CEO, but you have to have somebody who is knowledgeable uh, and has the understanding of the business uh, and has an understanding of what's taking place and have and, and has been prepped about all of these various options during a plan. Uh, so, so it's not just one face or go right to the CEO. There's a lot of steps along the way, and there are judgment calls based on experience and wisdom of who should be involved at what point when. Okay. I want to segue to individuals now because we're running um, short on time. So if I were to take this idea that I am the CEO of my own life, how sh what should I be doing to be protecting my personal reputation? Well, as I said before, you, you should have all of the uh, necessary safeguards on your computer systems, whether they be handheld systems or or uh, laptops or, or, or stable systems. Uh, I, I don't... Uh, uh, sponsor or uh, I'm not engaged with any any of the systems but but one of the great systems that I use is is a, uh, is lifelock and uh, I can't think of the name it starts with an n um, and, sorry the Norton one Norton yeah they have a good yeah. system there are others out there but you have to have one of those systems on on your on your on your computers second thing you should do which always rolls eyes when I say this and this is this is really vitally important this is this is one of the most important things I can leave with you today every channel that you have every platform that you have every website that you engage with needs a different password you, it should not be your cat or your dog or your first child or your husband's name or your middle name or your birth date. So many uh, celebrities and personalities, uh, passwords have been broken because uh, hackers put those words through through stories in uh, and, and research and put those in and broke the passwords, whether they will be nude pictures or losing of information. So, so you want to have every single channel, every single engagement you have to have a different password. Now, this is where I get the eye rolls. Every password should be between 15 and 25 characters. I say characters. They should wow. be they should be numbers, they should be letters, they should be upper and lower case, and they should be hash signs or, or exclamation points or, or, or um, uh, question marks. There should be no rhyme or reason uh, to, to the words that you use because there are programs that can, that can crack that if you don't. Now, this is not going to say that you can't be broken into, but you won't like the lights going off in your house, like, this, like the alarm system, like the dog barking. You want to do all the things that you can do to protect your digital house. Um, those, those passwords should not be on your computer. <laughs> they indeed should be in a binder next to your desk or in a safe place. Uh, I have them in a binder in a safe place in my home. Uh, and I have them not only for myself, but for, but for my company. And, and, and I, I will tell you, there's probably about 50 pages of, of passwords there for both. Um, and those passwords, need to be on a rotation basis to change every six or nine months. Now, I know that's a lot. I know people say, well, I don't need to do that. Well, if you don't need to do it, and when you, when you get hacked in the next year or two, please remember you said that. So yeah. it, is, it is really a process today. Uh, it, is, it is something that you need to spend time with to protect yourself. 
you shouldn't be opening emails uh, from people that you don't know who they are. I delete them. Uh, and if, if somebody really needs to get in touch with me, I don't know, they'll either call or send me another email or I'll start looking them up if I see a multitude of emails. But I don't open every email uh, if I don't know the person involved. And even if you do, uh, there are people who can uh, who can send you uh, uh, ghost emails, fraudulent emails, saying there's somebody else and, and not really them. You should look, uh, you'll, you'll see emails come all the time from from so-and-so, but it's at a, a very strange URL. You look at the URL, see where they're coming from. Don't just, don't just open emails up, but you have to spend the time and care to protect yourself and to protect uh, your personal life as well as your professional life. Okay. Let's, let's wrap up with what are the three main things people should take away from this, whether it's protecting their organization or themselves personally? Well, for the organization, it's real simple. Have a plan, create the scenarios based on, on your company, your geography, your circumstances, your, your constituents, and then rehearse the plan, not only once, but more than once. And don't just do it in a, in a, at a time when everyone knows it's going to happen. For yourself, uh, review your emails, get them in one place, put them in a binder. And I, I say a binder, don't have them on the computer because if your computer is hacked, they're going to have all your passwords. Put them in a binder, uh, organize them however you want and, and then change them every so often to protect yourself. These are the kind of things that are basic breathing functions today. They're not new. They're not something that, that we did in the 90s or the early part of, the, of, of this century. These are things you have to be doing today to protect, protect yourself, your family, your brand, your business, and your personal The Fair Media Council is a 501c3 nonprofit organization advocating for quality news and working to create a media-savvy society. For more information about the Fair Media Council and upcoming Fast Chat shows, check out fairmediacouncil.org. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.